1: only from rustolium
0: Today's re release is with Alyssa Milano, who, for anyone who grew up in the 80s, perhaps remembers her as Sam on Who's the Boss. But also, she has her own career and a huge career at that now as a producer and is even working on something that maybe I brought her way. I hope you enjoy this episode with Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano is the author of Sorry Not Sorry. She has spent almost her entire life in the public eye and is an actor, producer, designer, philanthropist, and humanitarian. Alyssa currently stars in Insatiable for the streaming giant Netflix as Cora Lee, the social climbing wife of a disgraced lawyer slash beauty pageant coach. Prior to that, she was seen in their hit series, Wet Hot American Summer, 10 Years Later, opposite Amy Poehler, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Ian Black, and Judah Friedlander. She recently completed the independent feature Little Italy, a modern-day Romeo and Juliet story where love blossoms between members of two passionate Italian families, locked in a bitter rivalry over who has the best pizzeria. Alyssa also served as the host and a judge on Lifetime's Project Runway All-Stars, alongside judges Isaac Mizrahi and Georgina Chapman. She entered the world of graphic novels with Hacktivist, a fast-paced cyber thriller that follows the young founders of an innovative social media company who moonlight as a secret black hat hacker team. The CW is developing a drama series adaptation of Hacktivist. In addition to her deal with The CW, she has a first-look production deal with CBS and TV studios. And I actually already had Alyssa Milano on my podcast, I think it was last summer. So this is her second time, and I learned all sorts of new stuff, and we had a really fun time. So enjoy. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Didn't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Sorry, Not Sorry. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. How did you decide on the outfit for this cover? This is the least (laughs) important question (laughs) ever, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of really important
3: topics, but, you know, just wondering. The picture was actually from a photo session that I did for, I think it was for the Washington Post. And so we used it because it's kind of perfect for that. But yeah, it was just my my leather jacket that I had. We shot we shot the, we did the photo session at a hotel in New York while I was doing press for for other things. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna just put on my black jeans and my leather jacket, and there's the picture. So it, and there it is. It has kind of turned into my activism picture. Yes. Activism uniform
0: or something. I love it. It's really cool. All right. Well, you have so many ideas in this book about just basically everything going on in the world right now. You have distilled down and have an opinion and a strong point of view about, which is amazing. And you write it really clearly, too, which is oh, awesome.
3: A lot of help from the editors because... Really? Well, yeah, because some, <laughs> of, the, some of the issues that I talk about are can be incredibly not only complex and have a lot of moving parts, but also have a lot of feeling behind it. And so, you know, it was trying to balance that that line of, of giving a lot of myself because, you know, I, I wanted to give the readers a, a glimpse into to who I am, but also to be historically correct and you know, to push the envelope in a way that I feel like, you know, needed to be pushed. I found it really, you know,
0: there was this groundswell of support or encouragement by your use of repetition, right? Particularly like in the first one where you're, you're just saying like, what's messed up? I'm not sure if I can curse. I don't, it's my own show. I don't even know if I can
3: curse <laughs> on it or not, but you know, when F- you're just like constantly, about being yeah. unapologetically effed up. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: but you said, like, this is an example, and here's why. And this is an example, and here's why. And even later when you're talking about men and what was the phrase you used all the time? The sickness in men, right? The sickness in men is this. This mm-hmm. is the sickness. Mm-hmm. This is because of this tweet. This is because of that. And, like, it's like an inculcation, right, of, like, trying to yeah. reverse indoctrination, if you will. So tell me about tell me about that, and how did you harness all of these feelings? And, like, tell me about the writing and the passion well, and all of that. The
3: I think the really... The cool thing for me was this, you know, I've I've written books before, but this format was a lot more aligned with how I normally feel good about my writing, you know, because I write, I write op-eds, right? I, that's, that's what I've been doing for the past, you know, five years. And I've been published in, in everywhere from the New York Times to the Washington Post, you know, to CNN opinion pieces. And I think, for me to be able to take a topic and really emerge myself in you know, those five or six pages rather than an entire book allowed me to give issues time to, to breathe, but also to, like, to move away from them quickly. So I think there's just a, I don't know if you could tell while you were reading it, but I'm, doing, I'm recording the audio book right now. And there is like this gradual, <laughs> slow, you know, rise to almost hysteria, you know, and I think in The Sickness of Men is a, is a good, you know, sort of middle place where you go, oh, okay, this is going to start getting, you know, <laughs> deep, you know, but but also just things that I'm so passionate about, like my family. You know, and to be able to write a book about like activism plus my personal life, I really felt like the the essay format really lent itself to to both of those things. So yeah, it was it was really fun, and you know, and and people talk a lot about like it it was so cathartic, (laughs) you know, to go reexamine my life, and I wouldn't say it was cathartic. Because a lot of it is, it's tough, you know, to go back and take inventory of why you are who you are. And, but I will say that, you know, we talk a lot about right now trying to find, especially in, in my family, but also like with my therapist. And we talk a lot about trying to find the blessings in this time in history, even though it feels so heavy and it feels so completely out of control, our control and and this book and being able to write it without, you know having to leave the house to go pick up the kids from school or whatever whatever it was, to be able to write it in a concentrated way when there was not much else going on was great. And so that's that's one of the things I come back to when I think about this this really chaotic time, this chaotic time in, in history, this politically, this chaotic time just in public health, in global health, and even in, you know, international relations. Yeah, so to be able to to do that was, to, it was really a blessing. And I'm very, like, when I, when I think about the things that I'm, grad, you know, I have gratitude toward, it's that I had this time to be able to really focus on this book and make it something that I wanted, you know, to share. It was a process, though. I mean, it was definitely a process. It was writing and then rewriting and then, you know, going back through and then getting notes from my editor and rewriting. And, you know, it's interesting because some of the essays came really easy. And then others, you know, I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what was important to say, But it was, and I think a lot of this might sound crazy, but I think a lot of this is because in the past five years or whatever, I've worked with so many organizations and advocacy groups about the issues that were going on in our country that I had to remind myself how I felt about them. Because so often when you work with these groups, they're sending you talking points, to, to build your tweet around or your, you know, the, the way in which you, you speak to these things. And so it was an interesting exercise to sort of throw all of that away and really just figure out, like, what do I want to say right now about this? So, yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. And as I'm doing the, the audio book right now, you know, it's, it's spurring even more ideas like, you know, I, I thought the other day, I was like, I should take some of these chapters and do them on stage. Oh, like yeah. Like as a performance, like a one-woman show, you know, because they are, it, it, it really, the book is really like a timestamp. You know, when you look back, when you read this book 20 years from now, you're really going to get a, a glimpse of exactly where we are or were as a country,
0: I was just talking to somebody right before I was going to do this and they were asking me two questions. And and first she was like, oh, well, she must've had a ghostwriter, right? And I was like, oh no, I don't think so. This was, I think this was all her, which by the way, I might've made up, but I was like, not that I know you that well after our one other podcast interview, but I was like, this sounds, this is so much someone's voice. Like you can't make this up.
3: Yeah. No, I did not have a ghostwriter, but I did have a, a lot of help from my editor and Dutton, books and and they were they were incredible. But I think you could tell it's my voice. Yeah, I could I mean yeah. yes. And it's I could tell. You. It's consistent, right? And yes, that's true. And I I think what you were talking about before about just repetition and maybe why as I'm reading this for, you know, recording it, I think the inspiration where I was like, this would be a great Like monologue to do on stage is because of that repetition, because Mm -hmm. there is something rhythmic about, and it's almost like, you know, some of them read as if I was at a protest. Yes. Right? Like that's, That's that would be a stump speech,
1: you know, or,
3: you know, some speaking somewhere about something that I believe in, but I, I write very, very much rhythmically. So much so, here's an interesting thing. I I wrote a a pilot script and my dad's a pretty famous music editor for films. And I sent him, I did this mood board on Instagram and I sent him him the mood board and I said, you know, just take a look at this. If there's any type of, of music that you think would be a great companion for these visuals, you know, just send it my way. And he sent me this amazing Icelandic group. And as I pressed play, I just started reading the script. And the inflection in the script is inflection in the music that he sent me. And, And I think, you know, I'm a very big believer that everything, like, synchronicity is a real thing and everything has a rhythm, right? Like, you know, when you're in your car and there's a song playing and maybe it's raining and then all of a sudden the windshield wiper's start, you know, wiping in the same rhythm that the song is in. Like, I think everything has a rhythm. So for me, I think in writing, in writing the, the book in those moments where I am using a phrase over and over, it's, it's a callback to my days, you know, protesting and being on a stage. But also, it's just I write rhythmically. So for me, that is the rhythm. I love it. Take it to the stage. Yeah, it would be so, cool, right? I don't know. It would be totally cool. I would have to find, I'd have to find another writer to, to, um, to really sort of, you know, m- yeah, make it for the stage. But I think it could be really interesting. I'm sure there are people who, are, who would be dying to do that job. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I think it could be really interesting and, it, and an interesting way to express what I've written in a different format. That still allows for for me to be me, you know. I, I say to you know, I've written this is like my fifth, sixth book that I've written, and I always say to the publishers, I'm like, can we please, please try to find a different way to sell this book other than going and doing signings at a bookstore or, you know, readings at. at Whatever it, it's just it becomes. First of all, I'm dyslexic. Second of all, I have social disorder. So Like, like to be in you know a small bookstore and and sign hundreds of autographs. It just makes me nervous. But also like the dyslexia and having to read an excerpt for at like I don't know Barnes and Noble in front of hundreds of people makes me so nervous. So I'm always like, how can we do something interesting? with this book. You no, know,
0: I actually just announced that I started my own publishing company oh, and it's to counteract like some of these very things that you're saying and like, how yeah. can we do things differently? And there must be better ways and all these complaints, not complaints, but just, you know, things that pe- could be optimized by so many people like you and that I've had on the podcast. So
3: I'm trying to do it. So good for know. you. Wish That's, me luck. <laughs> that is all, I wish you all the luck. You deserve it. Oh, but you know, it's, it's also like, it's such a weird, when you think about how writers are mostly incredibly introverted and very complex in their thinking and their ability to communicate and the fact that, like, we've decided that going into a bookstore and signing autographs would be conducive and show them in the best light, it doesn't really, you're right, it doesn't really sync up.
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall, whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.
0: I feel like especially post-COVID, I mean, I also have yes. a lot of anxiety, and now it's, like, found new ways to manifest itself, which is lovely, and I discover them every day. So I'm, like, really having a hard time being in crowds after being so much time in my room, in my house, and all of that. By the and, way, I didn't love crowds to begin no, with. No, I never and liked it now them. I'm, like— Now I literally, I had like a panic attack the other day. I was like crying. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is, I can't, like, I have to get through the street and like, I have to drop my kids at school. And like, it's not, you know, even like, I don't know if it's the same for you. I just feel like even being in like party type situations, like I'm so drained. Like I have to like, you know, recuperate for so long afterwards now. It's I,
3: like- you know, Emmy, Emmy weekend is coming up. So I have, you know, the the list of parties that I've been invited to. And, you know, my husband's, a, he owns his own managerial company now. And so he kind of has to go to those parties. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I paid my dues. Like I've, <laughs> I, I've done it now for 40 years. Like maybe I get to just stay home and be cozy, you know? <laughs> But the the whole kids in school thing. Oh my gosh! It is so it is so nerve wracking. And you know, I, I talk to my therapist quite a bit, and I really want to destigmatize the whole mental health aspect because I think it's really important right now that we not only take care of ourselves, but have someone to talk to that's not that doesn't feel burdened with the with our you know our quirks and the things that make us special. <laughs> but he was like, he, his name is James, and he was like, you know, you're doing well. And I said, yeah, and I don't really understand why. And he said, oh, I know. He's like, because everyone else is operating at the same frequency that you usually operate. Like, so you can go. Like, see what I mean? Everything's <laughs> fucked up. See it? <laughs> Told you. I told you this for years. And now we're all there together, you know? In this, in this place of panic and hysteria. So, yeah, <laughs> but I, I've been, I think because there's like my anxiety disorder has so often been about feeling something physically and then piping in why I, oh, well, I feel this way because, of course I feel this way because I haven't, you know, had a second to myself or whatever. Or I feel this way because you, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to rain. And that is giving me my anxiety and my, you know, whatever it is, we just plug in mental reasons for the physical manifestations. And I just can't, like, I, I, there's enough to be, like, substantially upset about now. So I'm not plugging in any, like, false emotions to... No of material. <laughs> yeah. Like, just go into the supermarket. I went to the supermarket the other day and I'm in the produce section and... I, you know, someone was wearing a mask and they pulled down the mask to sneeze and cough all over the th- the tomatoes, and I was like, "Oh God!" Just slowly back away. Like, <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you do in that moment where you're just? I just wanted to go. Just keep your mask on if you're gonna sneeze on the tomatoes. Like, just keep the mask on. Yeah. You know, so at every,
0: least sneeze on like the packaged goods,
3: or processed, <laughs> or pro- yeah, but not the front. You know, no, not <laughs> if the you're tomatoes. <laughs> like, and I'm Italian. That's sacrilegious. Like, you don't sneeze on tomatoes for the sacred, love of God. Sacred ground of the, <laughs> of the sacred friends. ground of, of ancestors. <laughs> forgotten. Oh my gosh! But it yeah. is
0: really, it is really something. And well, no, I was so I was so happy to see in your book that you talk about anxiety and how you felt about it and even your experience with COVID and just all that stuff that so many people are feeling now. It's just, you know, in the midst of your, it's, it's almost like you were like a, a minister or something, right? Getting up and giving like a sermon or a speech or something about it. And yet then we get these like glimpses into like what's behind that. And that was very, almost comforting in a way in the midst of your you know, justified rage at so many things that's going on. So anyway, I thought it was such a nice balance that you struck.
3: Yeah, it was, that was the challenge of writing this book because, you know, I didn't want it to be like me getting up on my soapbox and preaching how people should feel. I do give, I always give sermons, but it's more about like, this is where I am right now. And I don't know, come with me if you're also on that journey. And if not, you can be trolly and troll me on the internet. Like... (laughs) Just, it is what it is, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, this was amazing. So aside from turning this into a one-woman show, like <laughs> what do you what do you, and knowing the constraints of like what makes all of us want to like have panic attacks or whatever. Yeah. What are the plans for like how you can promote this book? Have you come up with anything?
3: I think do a lot of virtual things. Yeah. I mean, I just I just signed uh, I'm going to say 2500 books? Oh my Lord. I, it took me, it took me six days.
0: Oh my gosh. I don't even days. understand, honestly, autographs. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. Like, why I don't. is it so great? I mean, I'd so much rather like take a picture or, like, I, I don't know, have a conversation or I don't know the, the, anyway, yeah. whatever.
3: I think, I think that probably goes, there's probably some interesting history about the autograph. autographs. Yeah, the I'm gonna autograph. look that up. That's a good point. Yeah, I bet there is some kind of cuz I remember being little like little little and having an autograph book.
0: Oh, my kids at Disney World, they like run around yes, like That's what
3: I was just going to say. Hey, yeah. that's exactly what I was just going to say is I would take you know my little autograph book and when we'd go to Disneyland, I would get Mickey's autograph and you know Snow White I remember she kissed one of the pages with her red lipstick and I do that sometimes if <laughs> I'm wearing lipstick, I'm i like, I'll, I'll, just, like, you know, Snow White. <laughs> I just uh, I kiss the page where I sign it because that has got to be more interesting, I think. There,
0: there must be some parody where, like, people are, like, licking autograph pages. Yeah. they're you know, like, right. taking it to, like, a full-on extreme. Using it as toilet paper yeah, sounds- or like <laughs> a,
3: like, some ridiculous thing. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but, you know, I—, I i Am going to try very hard to to push myself to do some in person events too because I really believe in the book.
0: Yeah. Well, I think as smaller, you know, in smaller settings, it can be yeah. super powerful to connect with authors and readers, and it's amazing. And uh,
3: outside. And outside. <laughs> like if outside. we could if we could figure out a way to do it outside a bookstore. Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, I have to warn you before you come. New York is really crowded right now. All of a sudden, they're like a trillion. I mean, I don't know. Last year was like empty here and now it's just, it's hard. It's just really crowded.
3: I think that's good. I think okay. that's good. It's probably my, good for the city. You know, you know, my my family who still lives in Brooklyn, they have been talking about how sad New York seems and how the buzz that was, you know, so prominent and such a huge part of New York's identity didn't feel that way anymore. So maybe what you're feeling is that maybe that's coming back a little bit. Yeah. And I think we need to celebrate that.
0: You're right. I will reframe. I'm going to take James's advice through you. Yes. (laughs) Okay. uh, I get it. I can send you, you know, a little piece of the bill or something like that.
3: (laughs) Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Write every day. Just write it doesn't matter about like what you write about it doesn't matter if you're working on a s- specific project just write and then the other thing i would say is is don't be afraid to put a lot of yourself in the book even if it's not a memoir or a book of essays about how you feel even if it's a a total you know fiction story what will set it apart from the other authors and the other books is that there's part of you in there. Yeah, and just to be patient. It takes a lot of patience to be a writer. It really does cuz the process is the process is not immediate, right? It's kind of like being a parent. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you put in the work and yeah. then you hope for the best.
0: You hope it'll turn out okay, but sometimes you have to throw it out. I don't yep. know what that equivalent would be, you, but you can't you can't <laughs> throw out your children. <laughs> not advocating this, but uh, <laughs> you know maybe you try a parenting technique that someone else said was good and it's a total disaster and then you move on but you have to try it to get to where you you know
3: feel better so, yeah yeah like that. i don't know i love that your books behind you are color coordinated
0: yes well you're welcome to come when you're in new york you can come hang out
3: that is so cool i need to do that with my books
0: i did it yeah after covid i took every book in this whole room and put it on the floor and redid it That's awesome yeah i
3: don't know so. I love
0: it. Awesome. All right. Well, and if you ever want to talk more about the publishing stuff and yes, I, mean, I would love to hear about that. whatever you know. I'm. We launched on Monday, and Good it's for very you. Exciting right now. And we have a great team of people and wiring books and stuff. So I want to help people, you know, get their books in the world in the best ways for them too. So I
3: love that you're doing that. It's so awesome. Thank you. And needed, you know, to continue to do something one way. Doesn't mean it's the right way. It's just it's one way of doing it. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to yeah, let's let's totally let's set up a, a Zoom where we could you can fill me in. Perfect. Love to. Okay.
0: Awesome. Thank, thank you all right. so much. All right, thank you. And thanks for your support. I really appreciate Talking it. about the book, of course. <laughs> now I have to go find myself a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care. All right, take Bye, care. Darling. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.